Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're back. How you been? I haven't talked to you in forever. Man, it's been a minute. It's it's definitely been something. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, those of us that aren't in Nick and I's life. Oh, which by the way, hi, I'm Nick. <laughs> Just in case there's new listeners. Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. My name is Joe. Um, we are your hosts of That's Scary AF. Um, we recently moved into a new place, bought a house. It's been great. Been learning all the quirks of it. Just today. Do you want to tell them what happened today? Or should I tell them what happened today? Oh, man. I was going to start out by saying that it took us like almost a week and a half longer to get wi-fi than we initially expected and then even though our office slash recording studio was like the first place we had set up it quickly became a mess of boxes and other shit yes um and then for a while there to deal with stress we were just like using it as a pokemon pack opening area Mm -hmm. um but yeah earlier today i think joe's got it joe's got it it? okay so (laughs) I go, I work at a plasma place, (laughs) and, um, well, there's different plasma places. So, I work at a plasma place, and I go and I donate plasma, and I come home, and granted, it's been two hours for me to come home, because I also stopped by Dollar General to pick up a couple of things, too, but when I came home, I came in the house, and the back door was open, flapping in the wind. Well... Luckily, only one of the dogs were out of the kennel, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was nowhere to be found in the house. She gone. She was gone. And, and mind y'all, was I home at the time? Yeah, yes, I was. But in my defense, I was sleeping. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, okay, no, jokes aside, I am, like, paranoid about locking doors, so we genuinely do not know how that door opened. Well, and that's the thing, too, is when I looked at it, it was locked, so it just wasn't shut all the way, and then we locked it, and it the deadbolt didn't go into the actual, like, deadbolt hole, you know what I'm saying? So it, it just didn't lock. Anyways, enough about us. That is not enough about us. We've been gone for so long. Do you realize that? Uh, I realize that. They're not here for our bitching. They're here for chills and scares and chicken skin. Listen. And if you hear a whine in the back, that's one of the dogs complaining that he's not in here making more noise in here. Yeah, diesel boy. We're still working on getting soundproofing in the office. Yeah. There's been a lot of things happening, guys. A lot yes. of things. But it's all good things. Anyways, distractions aside. So, Josephine, how many yeah. stories do you have for us today? I just have one. You have one? Yeah. Ooh. I actually have two. Ooh. Mm, so, I'm a, I don't know. Is, is it going to be a Nick sandwich today? I guess so. Oh, golly. Well, in that case, is there any teasers you can give us? Um, I would say that this has been requested, but nobody's been sending us emails, so I'm gonna just shameless plug here. If you guys have any stories that you want us to cover, or you have any personal stories, send them in to thatsscaryaf at gmail.com. Other than that, it's a story that I personally, I thought that I would find more on. Just because I've heard about it so much, but there really wasn't a whole lot that I found. And maybe it's just because I haven't gotten my sources, like, 
um, other podcasts have really good sources that they continually go back to, and I uh-huh. still kind of try and find them. Okay. I don't have my main sources right now. I'm still, like, three first pages of Google type of person. So, yes. That's fair. But that is that is what I'm doing today. Okay. Heck yeah. Um, my two stories actually kind of have a common theme, sort of, if you look at it in a broad sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a paying attention to other people. Um, I am kind of going off in left field here, uh, doing more so, uh, not necessarily true crime, but I wouldn't say paranormal either. Stepping on my toes, are you? I'm trying to. No. Mm. Not on the podcast. Golly. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So, should we make like a blind swimmer and dive into this? Yes, sir. All right. Storytelling voice. So my first story is called Touring the Looney Bin. Okay. And this is actually a story I got off of r slash scary stories subreddit. Nice. Uh, Not sure how to say their username, but it is spelled V-E-R-R-G-A-S-M. I'm assuming Vergasm or something like that. Maybe. But I was actually messaging back and forth with them. They gave me permission to use this on the podcast. Super, super cool person. All right. Will you please stop calling it that? Kim barked in a hushed tone at her husband as the couple trailed behind the head doctor of the institution. Well, it is what it is, Nick mumbled under his breath. He was out of his element here, to say the least. Every so often, a shriek or a deranged howl would erupt through one of the locked cell doors on either side. They sounded inhuman, making him shudder at the thought of his son being among them. More like a prison than a hospital. Right this way, please. Dr. Klex mentioned... Excuse me. Dr. Klex motioned for the couple to follow him into his office. The bare white interiors of the hall, cramped administrative offices, and common rooms were replaced by an immediate sense of reassuring coziness as they stepped inside and were enveloped by the all-wooden furnishings. Large bookcases laden with psychological and philosophical texts, as well as numerous novels and biographies, stood stood floor to ceiling, covering three of the four walls. They, oh my goodness, they accented the small, meticulously trimmed bonsai tree centered behind the doctor on an antique little chest of drawers below the window as he sat with his arms folded neatly atop his shiny mahogany desk. A sharp, a sharp sliver of summer sunlight shone overhead, and Nick felt somewhat at ease for the first time since they had set foot in the old stony building. The air hung intox- intoxicatingly, with the aroma of old books and lingering sage incense reminding him of his grandfather's study. Slight pause. The descriptive details. My mush mouth, my stuttering does not do this justice holy cow they are an amazing writer please go check out their reddit page but listen the old book smell mixed with the sage incense and just how they describe everything i mean it literally it feels like i'm there anyways back to the story i'd like to assure you dr klex began as he thumbed through papers before picking out their son's file and having a good look at it over the rim of his glasses that this institution prides itself on a sense of deep rehabilitative calmness your son, with some of the issues he's been having, will more will most certainly benefit from an extended stay. We have a consistently high turnover rate when it comes to insanity. A small mousy chuckle escaped the old man's thin lips, impredictable under the thick gray mustache 
like the Jesus Christ, <laughs> like the beginning, like a beginner ventriloquist trick. He excused his forward attempt at levity with a short cough before continuity. Continuing, I have mush mouth today. Well, insanity is a bit of a bad word for many people, and that's okay. It's one stricken with centuries of frightful connotations, and some more appropriate than others. We get a great many young men struggling with a range of complex psychological and behavioral disorders, the majority of whom have acted violently as a result. The couple listened intently, both clearly at their wit's end, but determined to do what was best for their boy. So please, if you have any questions, any at all, don't hesitate to ask. Kim was the one who had made the arrangements. The conversation she'd had over the phone with the nurse had calmed her initial reservations, but actually being there revived a deep concern inside her. It was, after all, Lashbrook Psychiatric Hospital, formerly Lashbrook Asylum for the Criminally Insane before the scandals. Doctor, she started off tactically, oh my gosh, I can't say that word. Things are really different here now, aren't they? We heard about some of the things that happened to the patients. I mean, she squeezed her husband's hand tighter in hers. Ah, oh, yes. That's usually the first question. Perfectly understandable. Dr. Klex removed his thick framed glasses and rubbed the lenses tentatively using a silk handkerchief retrieved from his shirt pocket. While it was many years ago, I find a societal improvement that we as a people not, not allow ourselves to forget such tragedy so quickly. I'm glad you brought it up, quite frankly. He slid his, gla slid his glasses back onto the dark brown back on the dark brown legs vanished into his his bushy gray hair when or well what remained of it anyways the bald patch on top glistened catching a blinding sun shimmer which adorned the pudgy elderly gentleman shining like a halo nick thought it if he looked directly at it he might as he might very well go blind he caught himself looking away before remembering that it was rude to stare blatantly at people's bald spots he glanced down at the floor in embarrassment as Dr. Klex met his gaze. I haven't been the head of this facility for very long. Most orderlies are relatively new as well. As well. In fact, only a very small number of staff remain from those terrible old days, and a majority of whom are nurses, and I assure you, they've all been cleared of any wrongdoing. Nurses? Nick blurted out before toning his voice down. But surely, when it came to the, the torture... Surely nurses would have been present there, right? Complicit, even. Are, are any of those nurses still employed here? Dr. Kleck's face began to turn gray and solemn, like an ancient statue, choosing his answer carefully and summoning up a tact of his own. As I said, all current staff have been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing. All instances of malpractice of the kind you mentioned were directly overseen and sanctioned by my predecessor, predecessor Dr. Ghosh. A man who thankfully is no longer with us. Any staff or any staff present or who have actively assisted in such acts were simply doing their job, as awful as that sounds. Just following orders, huh? The doctor read the outrage rising in Nick's voice, and he attempted to edify the position more clearly. That is that is what oh my goodness, I am so sorry about my mind. <laughs> that is what the courts have decided, yes. Now I can well say the institution is very different indeed. They all are. For, for hundreds of years, places like this were seen as little more than somewhere to permanently discard society's humans, human refu, re, refuse. 
Thank you. Wretched souls deemed incurable and so left to rot their own filth and misery. Malice to the floor or to the wall or the occasion or to on occasion a bed if they are fortunate enough. And the experiments that were performed, the tortures as you call them, they were seen as crucial steps in the name of scientific progress. A necessary evil, if you will. Evil is the right word, Ken piped up. In retrospect, I would most certainly agree. The road to hell is often paved with the best intentions, something my father used to say. He w he was deployed at the Western Front during the war, a rather stoic man and very wise. At least that's how I viewed him. Now, again, in retrospect, the doctor seemed to lose his train of thought for a moment, staring beyond the couple into space. Nick cleared his throat, drawing Clegg's attention back to the present. But I digress. My apologies. Perhaps you'd be able to tell me a bit more about your son. What What's he like at home? Well, I, uh... Kim began, impeded by a choke in her throat. She looked over at her husband, urging him to take the lead. Recently, Doctor, in, in all honesty, it's been a living hell. It's, a, it's as if he doesn't even have any interest in being a part of the real world anymore. At first, he was skipping school, hanging around with a bad crowd, but, but now it's... It's too much. Nick felt tears welling up in his own eyes, but he stifled them and expertly pushed them, pushed it all down as he had been taught as a boy. Could you elaborate, please? Clex started to reach for a box of tissue before drawing back his hand after noticing in Nick's eyes, I know that these things can be difficult to discuss. No, no, it's all right, doctor. Let's just get this over with. Nick drew in a deep breath, squeezing his partner's hand even tighter than she had held his, so tight that Kim had to wriggle her hand free of his grip due to the pain. He's been... killing animals. Cats, dogs, you name it. We found a... a pit in the woods behind our house. Kim erupted into bubbling tears, unable to contain her grief any longer. Clex held out a box and Nick took a few tissues, passed them along. Uh, superstitiously holding out a ball, holding a bald one in his palm, just in case he also found himself needing it. Well, that certainly is disconcerting. Can you tell me when it began? No, we can't. Nick found himself reminiscing his will of simpler times before his son began to change, when they were still ha happy. But that pit. S some of them were just bones from what I could see under the mess of it all. Kim's cries intensified as she excused herself, choosing to wait in the hallway. As the door closed behind her, Nick knew he was on the verge of losing it himself. He turned to Dr. Klex, eyes watering, his tone still pleading. Please, doctor, will you help him? We'll do the best we can, Mr. Jones. You have my word on that. With that promise, Nick Jones joined his wife and they collapsed into each other's weary embrace. Together, Nick and Kim sobbed quietly as they made their way back through the hospital grounds and out into the parking lot, where they sat side by side for some time. After a while, circling around doubts and trying everything they could to, re to reason their way into some other option, any other option, they got back in the car and began to drive home. Little did they know, their son was waiting for them on the couch attendance letter for Lashbrook Psychiatric Hospital in one hand and Nick's gun grasped tightly in the other shuddering with rage damn the end <laughs>
<clears throat> Damn. Right? Yeah, so they gonna get murdered. When I first read that, I, I'm not gonna lie, like, I was almost expecting, like, the doctor to pull some shit, like, the kid goes there and then, like, it's some torture shit. I wasn't expecting the kid to find out. Man. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's fucking crazy. Also, it was completely unintentional that the one of the main characters' names was mine. I didn't even fine. realize that until I started reading again. That's fine. Also apologize again to uh, the author of the story, not only for butchering some of their amazing descriptive details, but, I mean, gosh, that story is just so well written, and I feel like no matter... Mor- Morgan Freeman could read that story, and I feel like he wouldn't do it justice. It is such a good story. So well written. We'll probably have more stories from them in the future. I'm not going to lie. Well, good. All right. All right. So I am covering the Craigslist killer. Ooh. Named Philip Markoff. Okay. We're just going to dive on into it. Why does that sound like a name for, like, a dope-ass detective, though? Like, Markov. Philip Markov. (laughs) Homicide detective, 30 years. Yeah, um, he's on the other end of all of this, so... Markov, Philip Markov, homicide, uh... Suspect. Uh, suspect. 30 years, nice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> All right, much, anyways, much. continue. All right, so, Philip Markov, born on February 12th, 1886, in Cheryl, New York. He went to the Vernon Verona Cheryl Central School and was a part of the bowling team there, along with the youth court... And history club and he was a men- member of the national honor society so clearly ladies man slay and puss left and right obviously <laughs> yeah he was the son of a dentist and a educator slash casino worker i'm assuming they just switched careers midway through whatever i think his dad was the dentist and his mom was the educator slash casino worker okay Um, And then later on, he attended State University in New York, University at Albany, where he got his bachelor's degree in biology. It was during this time that he met his fiancée, Megan McAllister. Megan was a senior, and Philip was a sophomore, so he was getting that puss. Okay, I'll see him. And they started seeing each other after they both volunteered in the ER together. All right. Three years after their first date, the couple got engaged and set the date for the wedding, which was August 14th of 2009. After both of them finished their undergrad studies, they moved to Boston and were, uh, they both went to Boston University and they lived in an apartment in Quincy, Massachusetts. The couple would go to the casino, although it didn't seem like Philip had a problem. Megan would say that when he was up, he was up and when he was down, he would stop. Everything that Philip was doing behind the scenes came to a head on April 20th, 2009, when he was arrested during a traffic stop. The cops had been tailing him for a few days, though. Megan had no idea what was going on, because as far as she knew, they were always together, or he was just doing classwork. Mm-hmm. Although, and I'm not sure I remember... Um, seeing this in my notes and stuff before, I'm just not sure where it is because it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen it. But Philip didn't go to class all the time. He would just do the classwork at home mm-hmm. and just bring it to class. He was in college. I guess that was a thing that they could do there. But his attendance, he just didn't give a shit about it. I mean, I guess it 
kind of makes sense. You know, you have your friend, like, tell you what the assignment is, and you just do it, and the professor's like, I don't remember seeing you, but you did the assignment. Right, so. right. And I mean, also with a big-ass college like that, like, it's not like, you know, it's like a D3 college where you have 20 people in a class. Exactly. Exactly. So, according to law officials, Philip had responded to ads on Craigslist that were mainly sexual in nature. Um, the first victim was 29-year-old Trish, Trisha Leffler, Leffler, who posted an ad on Craigslist. She had been gag-bound and robbed at gunpoint at a hotel. April 10th, 2009, um, is when that happened. And then the second victim was Julissa Breesman. Such a pretty name. It really is. Julissa is the way that it's spelled, but I think it's Julissa. Anyways. Um, who was a masseuse and a former call girl. She was 26 at the time of her death. Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane was found unconscious but still alive with multiple gunshot wounds at another hotel on April 14th, 2009. Later, after they transferred her to the hospital, she died from her injuries. Quitter. You are something else. <laughs> The multiple gunshot wounds made police officers think that she had been fighting back because they also found her near the doorway of the hotel room as well. Surveillance in the hotel where Brisbane was found showed a clean-cut blonde man in a black windbreaker, which matched Philip's description, leaving the property. Police also think that there was a third woman that Philip tried to rob at a Holiday Inn that same month as well. Uh, even though Megan said that Philip would stop when he started losing while gambling, it was speculated during the trial in the first few weeks of him being in custody, um, just because reportedly it was around $130,000 in debt is what he was, if it's true. Well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, after learning about the charges that were coming up against Philip. Boston University suspended him, and then the day after he was arrested, there was an arraignment where Philip pleaded not guilty. Okay, like, I know this is fucked up, but do you think, like, with all the stress of, like, knowing the law's closing in on him, do you think, like, him getting expelled was, like, the straw that broke this ca- the camel's back and, like, sent him into a breakdown? Because he's like, it's like, well, fuck, I might spend the rest of my life in jail, but at least I'll be a doctor in the school calls and be like, hey, man. We gotta kick you out. You know what I mean? Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, when everything's going to shit, I mean, it kind of goes to shit pretty quick. That's fair. Yeah. So, after the hearing, the police got a search warrant approved and went to Philip's house. They not only found a semi-automatic weapon in a hollowed-out version of Grey's Anatomy of the Human Body, which is just a big giant book that they use Mm -hmm. in medical school. Um, That's where Grey's Anatomy got its name from. It was a play on words. the medical school Bible or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also found duct tape and restraints along with multiple pairs of underwears from, or underwear from the victims that was stuffed into the mattress that Philip and Megan were sleeping on. <sighs> Megan eventually went to visit and told Philip that she was going to medical school and it was going to be a long time before they saw each other again, essentially ending the engagement as well in that visit. Hell yeah, good for her. Mm. Tired of like some of these girlfriends wives or whatever sticking with this dude through the trial and then like they secretly get divorced after he's been in jail for 10 years like yeah hell no you commit a murder 
uh-uh, I am distancing myself immediately. That's like, if you're not in on it, obviously. <sighs> Listen, if I am in on it, isn't that more of a reason for me to distance That's myself immediately? That's fucked up. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I guess I'm not going to commit a murder with you. Gosh. <laughs> <sighs> so, after Megan... Oh, sorry. I missed a bullet point. Um, Megan had to go to medical school in a different country in order to get away from the media surrounding her ex-fiance. Um, she was just getting harassed and none of the schools were letting her in, anything like that. So she went to a school, a medical school in a different country. I want to say that it was in, um, it was just in South America somewhere. Okay, but it's like, why, why did she get, she had nothing to do with it. They were engaged though. Guilty by association in a lot of people's minds. It's just crazy because it just seems like they get crucified if they stay with them and then they get crucified if they leave them. It's like yep. a lose-lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the woman is never right. Obviously, patriarchy. Oh, man. They'll get me started on this rant. I fucking hate the patriarchy. Anyways. Um, so, after Megan broke off the engagement, Philip tried committing suicide, leading him to be on suicide watch for a few days. Um, after his next attempt, he was placed again on suicide watch for a few days and then taken off. The reason why I put those in there is because he obviously was trying to commit suicide. Uh-huh. So you would think that they would put him in a psych hold for more than just a few days. Like, yeah, 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 he's all fine and dandy. But as soon as he comes off of that hold, he tries immediately again to go, like, to kill himself. Yeah, but I mean, like, hasn't there been, like, like, it's kind of a thing where there's guards, like, and there's, like, serial killers, like, pedos, or, like, someone that did, like, some crazy-ass shit, and they're, like, quote-unquote on suicide watch, and the guards are like, oh, shucks, too bad my lunch ran 20 minutes longer, kill yourself, you sick fuck. That's fair. Okay. And, to be fair, don't, like, jails and prisons classify, like, their term, or, like, the term suicide attempt is very broad, because, like, it could be so much as, like, hey, that toothbrush you have looks kind of sharp, and you might slit your wrist with it, suicide attempt. Oh, yeah, no, his were, his were actually, like, I want to say he had to go to the hospital every Damn, day. Damn, kicked out of medical school, lost a future doctor wife, and he can't kill himself? This boy just taking more That's else. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, he, f- after trying multiple times to commit suicide, eventually he was successful by shoving toilet paper down his throat, cutting a few arteries, and placing a plastic bag over his own head. He went as far as to... Or he went as far when he laid down, he placed a blanket that he had over himself completely, like over his head and everything. Mm-hmm. And this happened on August 15th, which was a year and one day after his planned wedding day. And it was also said, I didn't put the quote in here for some reason, but um, somebody had saw him put toilet paper in his pockets earlier, like a few days prior. And he was like, I'm going to need this for later. Put it in his pocket. Like, what the fuck? Well- I mean, I mean, he did need it a few days later. And also, kind of, kind of fitting that another piece of shit goes down with toilet paper around him. So exactly, huh? But lastly, before he died, he wrote what looked like Megan on the wall in blood, along with another word that looked like pocket, but nothing was found in his pocket. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. One of the the um. I think it was, and that's why we drink. And it was M. And they were like, 
Good thing it wasn't a really long name like Angelina or something like that. Like stupid. <laughs> since he wrote it in blood. Also, was it a black jacket? I thought they said black like, windbreaker. I thought it was like a dirty brown windbreaker or something. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Okay, but like yeah, that is that. I don't. He got. He fucking. Was there ever any hint at, like, what his motivation was when you were, like, researching or anything? Or was he just, like, Yeah, he just saw an opportunity for sex workers, saw that, like, they weren't getting a whole lot of attention when it comes to police work and shit, and was like, I'ma just kill them. Can we talk about, though, how this man single-handedly gave a website a bad name? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, there's been killers off of Facebook, there's been killers off of Twitter, like, all this other shit. Yeah. I'm gonna but, cover those eventually. Okay. But it's like, this one dude, like, it instantly made everyone else on Craigslist just assume everyone else was gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like, isn't he the reason that they started kind of cracking down on the sex work part of it? Yep. That's wild. Yep. On, like, the personal ads and shit on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I it's guess, your turn. I guess it is. Wrap it up, baby. So, this one is called The New Neighbors, mm. and this one more solidifies. I wouldn't say that. God, Ooh. trying to get me in trouble. Whoopsies. You'll see what I mean. Okay. Um, but, yeah, this, this more so touches on the point of pay attention to people. Heard. Okay. Pay right. attention. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Had to burp. Had a little burps in me. But, okay. Storytelling voice. My wife, Lori, and I both agreed we liked the young couple who had moved next door. They had been there for a couple months now, quiet, polite, respectful folks, keeping to themselves. And Lori took over, excuse me, and one day Lori took over a freshly baked pie early on. And although the pie was received graciously enough by the wife, she didn't invite Lori in. Those folks want to keep to themselves. Uh, I told you, I remarked to Lori, who... Who can be a bit of a busybody? I'm so sorry. There was a lot of bees in that sentence. You're fine. A few days later, the husband brought back the pie dish uh, filled with farmer market cherries, big glistening red fruit. He stood on the doorstep, and that was that. The weather was turning warmer, and we would see them in the garden more frequently. We'd nod and pass the time of day, chatting for a couple minutes across the tall fence. They were always together, their arms looped with each other, Uh, close and loving. I remember the days Lori and I would go about like that, glued to each other's side, but Lori said he came off as clingy. Oh, stop it, Lori, I said with somewhat irritability, always finding fault with people. She never comes out by herself, Lori replied. Haven't you noticed? He comes out sometimes, and they go out together, but she's never by herself. I shook my head, unwilling to continue but not Lori. Honestly, this work-from-home stuff has made people mental, she went on. It's not natural. Husband and wife cooped up like that. Men need to leave the house first thing in the morning, return at evening. I raised my eyebrows at her. Look at my little feminist talking, I teased. Lori goes on about the pandemic and what it did to families, and I just wanted to forget about it and move on. But it made... Oh, hello. <laughs> There's dogs here. All right, out, babies. Out. You good babies. Hemi's here. Diesel's here. Yes. Okay. Out. Out of the room. Go, go. Shoo, shoo. 
Goodbye. Good babies. Goodbye. Good babies. Goodbye. Love you. Anyways, before I was really interrupted. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but maybe it was Lori's remarks. The next sunny afternoon, I spotted them across the fence doing their yard work. I found myself paying more attention to them. Hi there, I called out to the young woman, bent over the soil. She straightened up, startled, but then calmly walked over to me. What are you going to plant, I asked. She smiled and spoke in a normal, friendly voice. I have such a soft spot for roses. She looked hard at me. Her husband walked quickly to join us. Hello, sir, he greeted me cheerfully enough. But I couldn't take my eyes off the young woman's face. She was blinking, rapidly closing and opening her eyes deliberately. Lori came up and we talked gardens for a minute. Then we made then they made some excuse and walked away. You must have noticed that, whispered Lori, barely able to wait until we were out of earshot. What? I replied. Her eyes, Lori exclaimed. The way she moved her eyes. I'm telling you, something is going on over there. Nonsense, I said. You're watching too much Netflix. You're gonna Next you're going to tell me she's the ghost of a dead woman. That night, my sleep was haunted by the face of a young woman, her eyelids fluttering deliberately, long and short flutters. All right, sorry about that. I got a sneezing fit. My bad. Anyways, where I was at. That night, my sleep was haunted by the face of a young woman, her eyelids fluttering deliberately, long and short flutters, talking about roses with her lips, but saying something else with her eyes. Memory of my boyhood books came back. Long, short, short, long, tap, tap, her eyelids. It's Morse code, Lori! I woke up drenched in sweat. She was trying to tell us something by blinking in Morse code. Lori sat up. We stared at each other in the dark. We didn't see them for a few days. Enough that we speculated they had gone for, a, for like a vacation or something. Then one late afternoon... As we sat on our back deck trying to enjoy the sun, they came out, husband carefully leading the wife by the hand. She was taking tiny, hesitant steps behind him, large, floppy hat covering her face. We stood, we stood up and waved. The husband said loudly, Darling, Lori and Henry are in their garden waving at us. Shall we walk over and say hi? She nodded, and they began walking slowly towards the fence. As the four of us gathered at the fence, we saw the narrow bandage running across her face where her eyes had been, now only delicate hollows with pristine white gauze. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so we're nothing like them. Yeah, that's why when you were like, oh, we're the new neighbors, I'm like, not like this! No. I didn't try to cut your eyes out and you weren't blinking Morse code to our neighbors. No. Golly. Oh. Those were good stories today. They were. That was really good. I don't think they were just good. I think they were a little chilling. I think they were scary as fuck. And I've been Joe. I love you. I've been Nick. She stole my thunder. I did. Bye. Bye. <laughs>